Yes, people, good morning. It's time again for It's a Religion. The podcast that seeks to provide truth, provide edification, encouragement in the faith, the faith that puts its trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for all of us, you, me, and every human on this planet. Back in the day, about 2,000 summer or so years ago, according to the biblical timeline, and we're thankful that you're here. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the middle west of the divided states of America to the republic for which they stand, two nations under God. Excuse me, quite divided with liberty and justice for some. And we're specifically in the northwest quadrant of Illinois in a uh, pretty red area within the People's Republic of Illinois that is ever becoming more communistic and controlled by the Chicago political machine, which seems to get its way quite often. And uh, don't the rest of it just benefit from that? Oh, my goodness. I just want Lori Lightfoot to run everything. Thank you very much. Not. No, the Lord Jesus runs everything, folks. And regardless of whether there's a Lori Lightfoot in your life, um, trying to run everything, she is subject to the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. And whatever he decides is going to be, or whatever he allows is going to be. Because this whole thing is about the glory of the Lord and the fact that he created all of us, he sustains all of us, this life would be meaningless without him. And you need to truly understand that. We entrust in it, frankly. We looked at that. Um, we started looking at the first, from the first book of the Bible, Genesis. And for those of you that haven't joined us yet, it's a religion. Basically puts people into two camps. Those who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and the God of the Bible, the Christian Bible, not necessarily the Catholic Bible because we think Catholicism puts a few things in there that aren't necessarily biblical. But again, not to digress from that, I'm just telling you which one we follow here. But the, the rest of it, evolution, uh, Mohammedism, Shintoism, uh, Buddhism, whatever ism that's everything else you have two choices the god of the bible and something else that's the way we look at it and our biggest hairball if you will is with the, the theory of evolution because we think it's led so many people astray from the faith especially in this country i guess i'm, I'm looking more in the united states of america than i am at other countries in the world i suppose when you go to India, that would be Hinduism. When you go to Japan, it would be Shintoism. When you go to other parts of the world, it might be Buddhism or something else. But, but here we start with the Word of God, and then we base our opinions on the fact that God's Word is God's Word, and the truth, the absolute truth, and the only written record we have of history. We have some writings from other factors that date back supposedly 5,000 years or so but but they don't talk about the Christian God which is what we have in the Bible and the 
further along we get with science, the further along we get with archaeology, the more the Bible's proven out to be true. So let's start. We were in uh, Genesis 11. We just got past the flood, and we're looking at the descendants of Noah, the descendants of us all. Again, we are one race, people. We do not have different races on this planet. We all are the human race. We may have different cultures. We may have more melanin in our skin if we lived in Africa for a time because of all the sun and the heat. And somehow I think that helps not get sunburned, right? Um, so these are the generations of Shem. When Shem was 100 years old, he fathered Arpakshad. I like that name, Arpakshad. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right or not. Two years after the flood, and Shem lived after he fathered Arpakshad 500 years and had other sons and daughters. When Arpakshad had lived 35 years, he fathered Shelah. Or Shelah. Now, that's they talk just about the sons that they fathered, so we don't know what daughters were born in there. Every once in a while they throw a daughter in there. But the... And typically that's because the, the family line goes through the sons, which is still the case in our country today. Well, at least for a while yet. And Arpaxad lived after he fathered Selah 403 years and had other sons and daughters. And when Selah had lived 30 years, he fathered Eber. And Selah lived after he fathered Eber 403 years and had other sons and daughters. So they're repopulating uh, everything at this point they're living a fairly long time still not as long as their fathers you'll notice they're down to 400 years instead of 900 when Eber had lived 34 years he fathered Peleg Peleg and Eber lived after he fathered Peleg 430 years and he had other sons and daughters and Peleg lived 30 years he fathered Ryu and Peleg lived after he fathered Ryu 209 years and had other sons and daughters when Reu had lived 32 years, he fathered Serug. Now, again, they didn't have birth control back then, right? And Reu lived after he fathered Serug 207 years, and he had other sons and daughters. And when Serug lived 30 years, he fathered Nahor. And Serug lived after he fathered Nahor 200 years, and had other sons and daughters. The other thing they didn't have was a lot of disease back then, because they didn't have some of the mutations that have caused some of the diseases that we see today. Verse 24, when Nahor had lived 29 years, he fathered Terah. And Nahor lived after he fathered Terah 119 years, and he had other sons and daughters. When Terah had lived 70 years, he fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran fathered Lot. Haran died in the presence of his father, Terah, and in the land of his kindred in Ur of the Chaldeans. And Abram and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and Iscah. Now Sarai was barren, she had no child. And Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran, his grandson, Sarai his daughter-in-law, and his son Abram's wife. And they went forth together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. So we'll start looking at the call of Abraham tomorrow in Genesis 12. But again, where else do we have a good 
solid history of things that occurred, in this case, some 4,000 years ago. And I think the further we go along, the more the Earth is going to be proven to be a young Earth, about 6,000 years old, because it doesn't need to be any older than that. And just because people use fantasitical dating methods that are supposed science when in fact they're a bunch of assumptions that are not scientific in nature, they purport science, but they aren't true science. True science observes things. True science makes conclusions based on facts that are truly observable. And just because something has a half-life of a certain element, we can somehow say how old it is, I think is a joke. Because you weren't there when it was here. And things that people find in the dirt are just dead things. You don't know really anything about them. You don't know what they truly look like. You see all these artist renditions of things and, and stuff like that. And it's, you know, it's a commendable... Uh, thing to try and give people pictures I know my wife and I kind of debate that about uh, the Lord Jesus himself she doesn't like seeing a, a picture of him she doesn't like watching shows where he's depicted by an actor and I'm on the other side where I like that because I think it adds some context to it and I've seen different people play Jesus in different movies and I don't you know I don't want it to take away from what he was or who he is to me as a Lord but in the same sense, it's nice to have a little bit of context around, well, it could have been like this. There's a way in which you could think about it. But it really is something that, uh, it's an individual thing when it comes to that. So anyway, we look at the life of Shem in this case. you got Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and that's where all human beings come from. And it all goes back to Noah at this point, and eventually back to Adam and Eve, the first two humans that God made in the garden some 6,000 plus years ago. And so it's really not that hard, folks. You can either believe in that or some other form of that, which Mohammedism might offer you, or I don't know about some of the other religions. Or you can have multiple gods, like Hinduism believes. You can have reincarnation. Uh, or you can have, uh, we came from a bowl of soup billions of years ago. And that's really it. So, again, what's the most, you know, people make fun of folks that put their faith in the Christian God. And I say to you, what, what better foundation is there? You're believing in a bowl of soup? Really? And you're giving me a hard time? I just, I don't know. I mean... I don't have an issue with that. So, folks, be encouraged. You who put your faith and trust in Christ, you have a solid foundation. You have the only objective foundation that's out there. And you have the one true God who is alive. Jesus is alive. He lives at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, helping us on our way. And we should put our faith and trust in him and what he has to say to us on a daily basis. And I encourage you to get into the word of God, especially the New Testament. 
It's, it's good to read the Old Testament, I think, once in a while, just to continue to add context and let God teach you through that. But the Old Testament basically is the story getting us to Christ and what he did for us. And the New Testament is where our faith needs to lie and what Jesus did for us as humans and what that means to us as humans and how we should act and respond to that in our daily lives. And that's not the easiest thing because we have this thing called flesh that wants to work against that. We have an enemy called the devil that wants to work against that. And it's a, a process that uh, I think for every person is different. The objective is the same for everyone. The process is similar in ways for everyone, but the application, the individuality of it uh, it's dependent on the life of the individual and the person that God is working in. So with that, let's, uh, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. Please help us on our way. Please help us to trust in what you've given us, Lord, through your word. Trust in the history that you've shown us through the book of Genesis. And put that first. Not trust in human opinions. Not trust in human interjections in that or trying to uh, humans trying to overrule that by some act of so-called science but you are god you are the one who made us you are the one who sustains us and let us truly put our faith and trust in what you've given us and the facts of the bible that you've explained through your servant whether it was noah or adam or uh Moses. And we thank you and praise you for that, Lord. Help us on our way today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for stopping by. We will catch up with you all again tomorrow. Thank you, Lord, for the small things like me and her on a porch swing, the summer nights and fireflies and the sound of my old six string. Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings. If I still got breath in these lungs, then that's all I need to get down on my knees and be thankful for all that he's done for my mama, for my 